Shalom and welcome to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. This is a recording of one of our 2020 Elul study classes. I recently found this um, this teaching, this sort of midrash on um, a verse from Proverbs, um, that if there is anxiety, if there is a worry in the, in a man's mind, let him push it away, is how that's translated generally. It's how it's translated in the JPS and many other translations. Um, the Devartov Yesamchena, uh, and, and turn it into joy with a good word. So there, there's sort of a, a, a prescription laid out in Mishlei and Proverbs that if you're feeling stressed, if you're feeling worried, push it away and turn it into joy. Now, if you're anything like me, if you're feeling stress and anxiety, it's not necessarily easy to just say, eh, I'm not going to worry about that right now, right? Oh, I'm feeling, I'm feeling a little anxious. I'm feeling a little worried. Nah, I'm just not going to worry about that. I'm just going to get rid of that and it's going to fly right out of my head. Piece of cake, no problem. Um, and the rabbis, what do you know? Some Jewish teachers knew a thing or two about anxiety. Who'd have thunk it? Um, and there's this little midrash out of um, Masachet Yoma out of uh, the, the Talmudic tractate um, that is particularly apt for the season that goes in depth about everything that we that we do on Yom Kippur. Here, not so much, just a nice little midrash. Um, rabbis disagreed. That never happens around Temple Betham, uh, but sometimes rabbis disagree with each other. Uh, Rav Ami and Rav Asi were disputing the verse's meaning. One of them said, uh, that, that yes, it means as the JPS translated that he should push it out of his mind, right? If you're feeling worried, just push it away. But the other said, playing on the, the Hebrew term, uh, like if you ever heard the word sicha, right? Like a conversation, a discussion. It's not about pushing it out of your mind. It's about having that conversation. You should tell another person. So with, with that reading, it actually means when it says um, that when a person is feeling worry in his heart, he should tell another person. He should share it with uh, someone in his life. And that in turn is what makes it possible to turn that worry um, into, into a devartov, into a good thing, which in turn, ca- turn can bring joy. Um, I love that teaching. I love that flip. I love that midrash, that sort of retranslation of the world, of the word rather, because it's, it's at least true to my experience, right? If I'm feeling anxious about something, for me, one of the most important things I can do is share that with another person to say, Hey, this is something that's bringing me some stress. This is something that I'm feeling worried about because when I make that choice, it, it brings me out of my head. It, let some of the air out of that thing that's starting to feel pent up within me. Um, I mean, that, right, if, if you know mental health, right, that's therapy. That's going to a psychiatrist. That reach, that's reaching out to a sponsor in the 12-step world. That's, right, any of those sort of really key elements for what solid mental health care, addiction recovery, all those kind of things might look like. Relationship with another person, relationship with other people, so, so, so critically important. 
and can build that connection and can, can bring us out of whatever stress we might be feeling. Certainly for me, can help bring me out of whatever stress I might be feeling, at least for a little while, at least while I'm sharing it. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll share the, the, uh, oh, I'll just, I'll just buzz through this really quickly as long as I'm rolling. Um, uh, Rav Cook, the first chief rabbi of the state of Israel, not necessarily a touchy feely dude, very spiritual man, but you know, not someone who you think of as like a super new agey rabbi. Um, when he says, right, what, what do you have to do so that you can be, um, so that you can be taken care of, right? For us as a group and for us as individuals, first and foremost, briut haguf vehanefesh, right? He doesn't just say physical health, which was really important for Rav Cook, right? In the early existence of Israel, like kibbutznikim, building the state, right? Getting out there, making things happen on the ground. But he also makes a point of saying, yeah, physical health and mental health. Both of those things are really important, which goes back um, to that verse that I shared um, at the beginning of my uh, abbreviated little teaching here, uh, but that that importance of uh, both physical and mental health. There's a lovely um, Mishaberach, prayer for healing, that I've come across. Um, I'll, I'll share this source sheet with Rabbi Shat so that if she likes, she can um, share this around as well with the group. We'll make sure that it's that it's posted along with the recorded portion of this, which can be a podcast. There we go. And you're going to share it with me right now. Wow. So share it with you right now before I even forget. That's my email address. <laughs> well, you know, it was quick. Um, people know how to get a hold of you. Um, a really lovely Misha Barak, because when we think about what it is to be sick, when we think about what it is to be unwell, usually in our communities, we talk about it in terms of physical illness, right? Somebody's in the hospital, somebody facing some kind of uh, diagnosis that they got from a physician, right? Right. The vast majority of the time, that's how we think about a mishaberach, a prayer for healing, um, a rabbi visiting when somebody's ill. Right? We think about that in terms of physical health, but that's not the only kind of illness that people face. There are lots of other types of illness out there. We know this. We see this all the time. Maybe we experience that ourselves. Maybe we experience that in our families, right? We know that to be true. And so I, I am personally in favor of being on the Misha Bayrath list for any and any type of illness that you might be facing or that someone you care about might be facing, right? It doesn't just have to be uh, a diagnosis from a physician in order to uh, be included in the list of folks in our community for whom we're praying on Shabbat or whenever the Torah is out when they need healing. And to that end, this is a really, really lovely um, prayer for healing from mental illness, right? That, uh, contemporary of ours, Rabbi Elliot Kukba, um, has put together, right, that um, the line, grace us with the faith to know that though like Jacob, we may be wounded, shaped, and renamed by this struggle, still we will live on to continue an ever-unfolding, unpredictable path toward healing. Beautiful words. Really. And to that end, a verse from Psalms uh, that that some of you might have seen before, Karov Adonai Lunish Lev, that God is close to the brokenhearted, that Dake Ruach Yoshia, those crushed in spirit, he will deliver. That um, we that we hope that we know that even when we are feeling uh, a little broken, a little challenged, um, that we can still feel close to one who brings healing and one who sustains us. 
um, and that there will be um, a time in which in each of our lives and collectively, um, even when we are feeling short of spirit um, and down or depressed or anxious or stressed, that there will be a time when we'll be, that we will be uh, whole and healed and reconnected. And I can stick around for a whole nother five minutes to chat about this with you guys, if you would like. This is fun. This was fun. This was like the, the, the like speed Torah. This was, this was a fun opportunity. I, I, I like this. Well, thank you. It was really nice to have you and just a real testament to having team players uh, on your staff. Really just what a mentee thing to do. And I really appreciate it. Um, all right. Any questions for Rabbi Matt Shapiro, formerly known as Interim Associate Rabbi of Temple Beth I just want to thank you. That was really, really nice. I talked to my mom every night for about 10 or 15 minutes so she can vent to me about everything she's living through and going through and her frustrations. And my sister's physically there, so I can't do anything physically for her, but I feel like that is what I do for her every night is just give, then I get anxious, then I have to go complain to Mike. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but at least I, you know, I feel like I'm helping with that. So I'm not the official psychologist or psychiatrist, but I definitely see the pattern. So thank you for showing it in words. Um, absolutely. And, and I think it's, it's lovely to see in that text also that um, therapy is wonderful. Uh, psychiatry is wonderful, right? Those, those are important professions. Those are things that can help a lot of us live our lives much better than if we didn't have those things for sure. And we also shouldn't restrict that outreach to those who work in that realm professionally, right? There are things that therapists and psychiatrists can do that our family and our friends can't do. And there are things that our family and friends can do that mental health professionals can't, right? I think ideally having that integrated web of relationships, um, right? Expanding out that concept of integration outside of ourselves internally into how we're living our lives, hopefully, right? We are blessed to have family and friends that we can turn to and if needed, we have um, the, the professional care that on um, whatever level of frequency um, we, we might need it, maybe a once in a while check-in, weekly appointments, whatever it might be, but, um, and rabbis, yes, <laughs> and rabbis, um, right, that we have the folks that we can turn to on, all, on that full spectrum of relationship, right? Yeah, absolutely. Karen, you had your hand up. Do you want to share something? Okay. No? Oh, okay. Um, Rabbi Shapiro, can you share that text again, the one that Sherry actually just referred to? Yeah, absolutely. So I wanted to share something, but only if it's accurate. <laughs> there? Yeah. So I think there's something interesting about this connection here between pushing it away, but also recognizing that the push away is actually to share it with someone else. I think that that often, and I wrote this in the chat while you were speaking, that often I think venting is what we think of as this like push away, right? I will call Rabbi Shapiro to tell him something because I will feel better if I just share it with somebody else, not necessarily because I need it to be fixed or I need it to be um, uh, contradicted, but more so just because I feel I need to be heard um, by someone who will understand what I'm saying. And I think that too often we don't actually recognize 
what that does to the other person, right? By me sharing something with another person, in this case, I'm using Rabbi Shapiro as the example, what does that do to him? By pushing it away off of me, what does that do to the listener? Um, and, and so what I was thinking about while you were sharing this is how can I, as the person who is trying to do that, um, do that sharing, be also mindful about what that sharing does for the person receiving and listening and, and hopefully hearing, um, and how to be mindful of who I'm sharing with based on the responsibility and the onus that that, pers- that, that puts on the person who is listening. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think that's an interesting point. And I think that also gets um, into sort of the, that different type of relationship piece as well, right? The way I might share with a friend is the, different than the way I might share with a family member, which is different than the way I might sh- share with a therapist, yeah. right? Like that being mindful of the context of that relationship, um, yeah, is going to be, is going to vary. And I think that's also part of what, um, you know, if, if, if there's mutuality in the relationship, right, then, then being mindful of, uh, of the, the nature of that sicha, right, is, is important because it is going to vary. Um, and, and like, yeah, that, 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 that forceful pushing away as opposed to the sharing, depending on the type of relationship is worth taking into consideration as well, I think. Now Karen's raising her hand, I see. Oh, Karen. You can stop sharing now. I just wanted to see the text. Okay. Oops. I think it's important to know who we're sharing with and their capacity to just hear without taking it on and then leaving you with major anxiety they have to talk about. And so there are some people, choose wisely. And also, if we are hearing, it is about another person to be hopeful and not necessarily a ball that we have to catch. You know what I mean? And so those are important learnings. And usually somebody, you know, if somebody wants to say something to me, sometimes they'll say, "What do you need me to just listen? Do you need me to give you a suggestion, you know, respond, blah, blah, blah. And that also just helps me as a receiver, but not a catcher. I don't know what I would say. But um, anyway, my two right. Do you want to play catch or do you want to get into a tennis rally? Right. Do you, do you want, do you want me to just sort of receive this and hold this or do you want to get into a little bit of a back and forth here? Um, uh, I, I will, I will use this as a segue to gracefully exit in just a moment to be <laughs> mindful of my spouse. Um, but it took me a little bit of learning in the beginning of the relationship when she would share something with me and I would jump into solution mode. Right? Like, well, I'm feeling stressed about this. Oh, that's no problem. You just need to do this, this, and this. Okay, see you later. And no, 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 right? Sometimes, sometimes uh, something is shared with me so that there can be feedback offered. And sometimes something is shared with me to just sort of hold and say, I hear you. That sounds difficult or that sounds stressful, right? And that's been helpful for me too because I, now I have that language as well. Right now, I can also say, this has happened the other way around too, right? If I share something with Sarah and I'll say, oh, this is really stressing me out. Oh, well, but no, no, no. I'm not looking for solutions right now, right? I just need to be able to share this with someone who knows me and who I trust, right? And that it's not just about the type of relationship, but also clarifying, right? What what needs to be shared? Why is it being shared? What's, What's my expectation? 
uh, as I'm sharing this with you. There's something it has, you said. It has been lovely. I need to hop off. No, you can't. Yeah. I, I can. I'll stay. You can share. I can. And the good news is you guys know where to find. Oh, Karen. Oh, Karen looks very upset. Yeah. Goodbye. <laughs> go. Go. No, what I wanted to say when you said. <laughs> Rabbi Shapiro, thank okay. you yes. very much. Thank you very much for being here. You're welcome. Karen, I can hear it on the podcast what yeah. you say, and then I can, I can email you back. You. I can text you, too. You can also text him, yes. All of the above. Okay, folks. <laughs> Take Thank care. You. Stay healthy. Thanks, Rabbi Schatz, for the opportunity to teach a little bit. It's, it's lovely here. spending time with you guys. Have a great evening. Bye. Okay, yeah. now I'll tell everybody else. When he said, yeah. sometimes you just, you know, when he goes into, oh, this is what you should do, blah, blah, blah. It's when somebody does that to me too quickly, I want to kill them. You know what I mean? It, it just encourages anger. When he said, Oh, that sounds terrible. I'm so sorry. I, I I welled up in tears, let's say. Because that means somebody's really hearing. Right. Holding and caring. That's all I'll text him. I think I think that one of the things that I've learned specifically during this time is that and for people who live alone, for which I'm one of those people, that it's actually really hard to figure out how to share. Because when you're when you're working in an office or when you are even if you're living in um in like a residential home where typically you can walk around and see your friends. Many of the people living in those homes right now are in confinement to their own rooms. And so they have less um, social interaction, right? And which is healthy and which is good on the one hand, but also you lose that ability to share. And I think that one of the aspects of mental health awareness right now is what do you need, right? I recognize more in myself now that I am more introverted than I would have ever thought and that I think the general world would ever think of me because I come across as very extroverted, um, that, that that time to really process things alone is actually very important. And for other people, they are recognizing that they're even more extroverted than they would have ever thought. And they need other people's energy to be able to function well. So one of the ways that we need to be taking care of one another and our communities is recognizing in people what they need specifically if they are living in a space for which they don't have other people to communicate with on a regular basis. And what's keeping them mentally healthy and mentally um, stimulated, I think, is another another part of that, um, and and that's all extremely important. And I love the text that Rabbi Shapiro shared because I think that they bring to mind. <laughs> um, I think they bring to mind that that we we need to make sure that what we're doing is best for other people, but also best for us. Um, because if we put ourselves out in the world saying, I'm happy to listen to everything, then you become inundated with everybody's things and you're not necessarily listening to yourself. Um, Larry wrote, I think introverts are more well adapted to this pandemic, 100%. And, and I think that, that still that means that someone is, is not necessarily um, equipped with the tools to then reach out. And that's what we need to look out for because if you're introverted, you assume that you can take care of all those things on your own. And yet when we're in this kind of state for too long, we might not 
figure out ways that we actually need outside help or outside energy or um, social interaction in those kinds of ways. Um, other thoughts or comments based on what Rabbi Shapiro shared or just in general to the mental health piece of, of this pandemic? Yeah, Renee. Well, as you know, I'm very particularly concerned about our elderly, yeah, yeah. both in our shul and being that that's the population of people that I work with. And um, it's really important for all of us to particularly reach out to that community. They often, because of what's going on, they don't even necessarily know what they need. Right. But just having somebody that they can talk to because, like you said, in, in all of the facilities right now, they're isolated. They can't be amongst each other. They can't, they don't have their meals together. They don't have activities together. You know, the, the people that I see, the farthest that they are allowed to go right now is the door of their rooms. Right, right. So it's a really challenging time. And I can say that, you know, that the, the thing that you guys set up where people are calling people from the shoal has been amazing because all of the people that I talk to, they are so appreciative of just having somebody that they can talk to. Right. Because they're so cut off. They're cut off from their kids, even if they have kids and grandkids. They, can't, they often are not able to even see them now. Right, right. And, and I think that, that, there are, that there are elements of, I've mentioned this many times before, but that there are elements of this time that we are in, that being one element that will need to be um, explored once we get out of this, right? We, we called people when there was a death or when there was a life cycle event or something like that. We made sure that there was connection. But we didn't just pick up the phone to call people because we knew that they lived alone. And that's something we should have been doing, right? We should have been checking in on people all the time, right? I think every community should be doing that. And yet it took up until this moment for us to recognize that that's important to people, um, maybe specifically extroverts, right? Because they might not have that connection with a social, with a social um, uh, interaction or outside experience. Um, yeah, any other thoughts, comments? No, yes, okay. Yeah, Sherry. I was just gonna say, as far as um, taking care of the people, the caretakers as well. So that's yeah. really with my mom, she's really taking care of my dad. So she gets all of his venting during the day. Right. And so really at the end of the day, I'm the next person in line for that. Um, which is fine if I've learned to not let it internalize it too much because she won't go see a psychologist or a psychiatrist. So I'm there. But I guess if we're talking about people who probably aren't getting as much help, the caretakers probably 100%. are not getting as much help either. And so I don't know how you identify those people, but you know, that's another issue. It's part of the reason, and Rabbi Shapiro brought in a different Misha Berach, but it's part of the reason that in our Misha Berach that we say that many people, I think, say from the Lev Shalem, it doesn't just mention those who are sick, but those who are taking care of those who are sick. Right. Um, and I know that you're not just speaking about people who are caretaking in a, in a, um, in a sickly way, right? Someone that's actually caring for them medically. But I think that, that there is something really important about during this time, us recognizing the burdens that everybody is carrying. So thank goodness my parents are both healthy. 
my father is somebody who needs more attention and more care with all of this because he has diabetes. And so my mother carries around the stress and the weight of making sure that things are cleaned and things are this and things are that. But people just assume that she's going to take care of it because it's something that she knows to take care of. But no one stops to say, do you need help taking care of that? Right. And so I think you're right that there are there are moments that we are becoming more aware of those who are the caretakers and what they might need rather than just allowing them to caretake because that's what they're used to doing. Um, I often find that also in terms of Shiva homes, right? If you are married and God forbid your spouse loses their parent or their sibling, right? You are, you yourself are not technically a mourner. And so you end up taking on much more in terms of how you help your partner. And yet you too have lost somebody. And how do you take care of yourself as a person who is both caretaking, but also trying to grieve? Um, and so there's, there's that aspect as well as what, what are you carrying as someone who is caring for someone else? Um, because that's also a burden and that's also something that needs to be vented out and and uh and cared for as well well this was nothing like what we expected but sometimes that's the best kind of learning <laughs> um do we know what happened to this no but i'll 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 check in and see and you'll let um, us know that you let us know yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, but, but it was still, this was really special. I mean, Rabbi Shapiro is a very, very special person and a very special teacher. And so I'm glad that you all got to learn with him. Um, and I hope that we all take this to heart. I think that it's, it's actually very important to check in with yourself and to be able to check in with others who you are in contact with as to how their mental health is right now and what do they need more support in doing or what do they need time to take care of rather than be involved in. I think that's also a big thing right now that we're not taking enough time for ourselves. We're just trying to help others, whether it's our community or our family. Um, and just being able to take a few moments today to think about that and set that as yet another, as Karen mentioned earlier, just another thing to think about and another intention to have as we go into these high holidays. You know, I was thinking about therapists and therapists and yeah. also people involved with other people. Yeah. Rabbis are containers for people. And and there has to be a certain amount of, not, not walled offness certainly or distance, mm -hmm. but kind of uh, protective gear, if you will, yeah. to not be the receptacle and walk around with all the stuff you guys hear and have to do with. It's why a lot of rabbis, the first thing they do is they find a therapist um, because they're, you're right. There's a lot. I mean, for all professions, doctors, rabbi, anybody who's dealing with HIPAA, I feel like um, there's a lot to carry around that you can't necessarily share. And that that becomes now I will say that and I shared this when he was here. I'm very lucky to work with a group of people who is very close professionally. And so we have that vessel to be able to share safely and, and honestly. Um, and I know many other people on this call have rabbis who are, who are working in similar situations. Um, and you're right. It's, it's hard to contain, to be that the, a vessel for that. Um, and you have to find those people who you can still open up to and, and be able to do so in a way that is 
that is still allowing that honesty to come in, but also for you as a person to be able to walk around with a clear conscience and know that you're also taking care of yourself. And it's also important to know if you are that person who takes on. Yeah. I work with a young girl and she's very passive. Mm-hmm. When she's up, I'm up. When she's passive, it's, I mean, it's very strange for me, but you know what I'm saying? It, it just, you have to know, wait a second. I don't have to be in that space with. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 It's, it's an important thing to be able to check in on ourselves and how we are in those situations, how, pieces of our day affect the way that we then deal with the rest of our day, um, how people around us and their moods affect us. It's, it's a huge, it's a huge deal. Um, so I will leave you with that. I'll leave you with the contemplation of being able to check in with yourself as to how you are a container, both for others, but also for yourself and what you need based on being that container. Um, it's important to know what you need and how to also ask for, help and assistance and support when when you need that as well. You have been listening to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. If you enjoy these podcasts, we invite you to write a review on the Apple Podcast site or wherever you get your podcasts. For more information about Temple Beth Am Los Angeles, go to tbala.org.